Connecting life and faith. This is Connection. I really had my own times of doubt. And even now, there's questions I don't really fully know the answer to. And so I really encourage Christians. I don't think doubt's a bad thing. I think that's maybe something that's been a misnomer that many Christians have tried to suppress doubt. Just believe, don't doubt. You know, it's almost like it's a, a terrible thing, a sin or something. But I actually believe that it's healthy to embrace our doubts and pursue them. And today's guest is doing exactly that. We're joined today by Bruce B. Miller. He's an author, speaker, and a pastor at Christ Fellowship Church in McKinney, Texas. He recently released a new book. It's titled The Seven Big Questions, Searching for God, Truth, and Purpose. Now, in this book, he tackles seven of the top questions that people ask on the Internet about faith. He goes in-depth into each and every single one of them and gives people a different perspective and a different way to look at things. Today in Connection, He's going to share with us why he released that book and how he narrowed it down to just seven questions. Bruce B. Miller joins us today. He's passionate about helping people grow, developing leaders, and empowering churches across the world. You are an author, a speaker, and a pastor, like you just said. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into ministry. Yeah, thanks for asking, Colleen. I'm married to Tamara for 39 years. We're looking forward to our 40th anniversary next summer. And we have five kids and eight grandkids with one more on the way. So we feel just incredibly blessed to have a a large family. And I just, I love doing what God's called me to do. I love being a pastor. I love being an author. Writing to me is kind of like worship. I mean, other people might play music or do something else. And for me, writing is when I feel God's pleasure. It's a joy for me. What was it overall that drew you into ministry in the first place? And how young were you when you started? Well, that's a great question. I trusted in Christ when I was five years old. And God just, in a way I don't even understand, put into me like a radical faith in Christ that I've never really deviated from. Tons of sin, regrets, but (laughs) I've never deviated off the path really in some serious way. And in college, I really felt God calling me to serve him more in a full-time way. And I started ministry in a more sort of official capacity 40 years ago. And it's just been um, a tremendous blessing and joy to me all these years. I've never enjoyed being a pastor even more than I am right now. Now, so you say you've never really deviated from the path of following after Jesus. Does that mean you've never really questioned your faith or struggled with questions of faith and some of the big hard questions that a lot of people do? Yeah, great question, Mike. No, I sure have. I, I have I really had my own times of doubt. And even now, there's questions I don't really fully know the answer to. And so I really encourage Christians. I don't think doubt's a bad thing. I think that's maybe something that's been a misnomer that many Christians have tried to suppress doubt. Just believe, don't doubt. You know, it's almost like it's a a terrible thing, a sin or something. But I actually believe that it's healthy to embrace our doubts and pursue them. How do we do that then? Because a lot of people will go, oh, I don't want to do that. That's just that's I know, disobeying. <laughs> I, think, I think somehow deep inside we're, we're a little bit scared that what if I look inside and Christianity is not true? Or what if there really isn't a God? Or the Bible's not true? But I believe we shouldn't be scared of truth. We shouldn't be scared to ask questions. And we know that God's bigger than we are. His ways are higher than our ways. And he is he's infinite. And so, of course, he's going to exceed our understanding. And so 
I believe that by exploring our doubts, we're actually going to find deeper truth. Now, you've uh, written a book that's just being released the start of October, The Seven Big Questions, Searching for God, Truth and Purpose. Uh, Why did you decide to write this book and why now? Yeah, thanks, Mike. I saw so many people struggling with their faith. And I think the the frankly, the whole pandemic has shaken people really deeply. Uh, Gosh, the experience of death and the death of friends and family members way before we thought we would see them pass from this earth has been unnerved. You know, that's that's deep. But beyond that, even just the fears of breathing the air around us, of shaking the hand of a friend has been disturbing. And how, how, what do we even believe? You know, that's one piece very viscerally. Combined with that is the questioning of authority. Can we really believe the, the medical folks, our politicians? Who's telling us the truth about COVID? Who really knows? Which leads to a questioning of that deepening, really, the questioning of authority that's been going on for some time. And so we really want to know, man, what what's real? What can we count on? You have seven big questions in this book. How did you narrow it down to those specific seven questions? You know, uh, there is an organization called ExploreGod.com that I've worked in conjunction with. And they did some research on the Internet on what are the top questions that people are asking about faith in Google searches. And these were the top seven questions that they arrived at a few years ago that are being asked around the world about faith and God. Some of them are seven questions off the top of your head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does life have a purpose? Is there a God? Does God exist or not? Why is there pain and suffering in the world? Is Christianity too narrow? Is Jesus God? Is he really God? Is the Bible reliable? And can I have a personal relationship with God? It sounds like these topics, it sounds a lot like an intro to theology course, actually, hey, answering <laughs> and wrestling with these basic questions. So, Yeah, some of these are really fundamental to Christianity. And and frankly, they're fundamental to a lot of religions or worldviews. They're they're sort of common or maybe common questions, but also foundational questions as human beings. And honestly, we hide from these questions. We we distract ourselves with work and raising kids and video games and screens of any kind because we're a little nervous to face them, but we know they're important. And so I'm encouraging people to ask the questions, whatever your faith background or whatever you might describe yourself today. Hey, these are questions worth asking. They're worth exploring. Were you shocked by any of these questions when you found out those top seven questions? I think maybe the last one was a little surprising to me that it would be in the top seven, which is, can I have a personal relationship with God? But the more I thought about it, the deeper I think that is. It's not really so much a philosophical question as it is an existential one, a real one about, you know, we don't want to just believe in sort of an uncaused cause or the great designer of the world. We want to know, does God care about me? And can I really know him? And I hear about people who sounds like God answers their prayers or gives them peace in a terrible tragedy. I'd like that. Could I have that? Is that possible? 
And I realized that that's a deep question. A deep question that many can relate to. Um, when it comes to your book, uh, you are encouraging people to ask these questions, but when they ask these questions, what else can they do? Are they investigating it? What are they doing? And how is your book helping with that? Yeah, that's a great question. The book is really more of a conversation and kind of a fresh approach to thinking about these questions and evangelism, if you're in that space of things, is to say, let's have a conversation. I don't have all the answers. I'm not trying to tell you what to believe, but really lead you in an exploration where you figure out things for yourself. I think the realizations we come to on our own are more likely to change us. I was, yeah, I used to be a youth pastor. Oh, really? I really encouraged a lot of questioning and rarely would I give answers, right? Because right. I want to help them figure out, well, how can I read the scriptures? How can I, you know, every kid that is now almost 30 from a youth group, right? We could tell you like context is one of the most important things when reading scriptures. So help them figure out the context and that kind of stuff but then leave them to wrestle with it and talk with each other about it. I think that's really important, right? Questioning is great, and it can lead to a very, very strong faith. And Mike, I think you're so right. Uh, so many Christian parents, as I'm sure you experienced in, in youth ministry, get nervous when their teenager begins to question their faith and say, I'm not yeah. sure I believe, I don't want to go to church. And parents, some some Christian parents freak out and try to suppress that or try to answer the question rapidly. Whereas I think you're exactly right. We want to encourage our our children, our teenagers to ask their questions so that their faith can become their own. Otherwise, their faith is thin. And then in their 20s and 30s, they're more likely, frankly, to reject their faith when they encounter university and they encounter hard things in life. Yeah, that was what I had found personally, right? Was I grew up in a Christian home, given all the answers, knew all the answers. But as soon as trauma and tragedy hit, then it all just crumbled away right. because every every Sunday school answer didn't hold up to real life. So and I'd never figured it all out on my own. Right. And you have the whole ex-evangelical experience yes. where people are deconstructing their faith because of just what you said, Mike. Maybe it, their faith wasn't so thick. To start with, it was thin, and they were given Sunday school answers, platitudes, and hadn't really wrestled with some of these these hard questions. So seven big questions. Do you give us seven big answers? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I give seven big answers, but I give at least some ways to think about the seven questions and and encourage everyone to keep exploring. Keep asking your questions. Go deeper with this. But I do think there's some insights along the way that that are helpful to folks. Did you have any of your own questions along the way while putting this together that all of a sudden came up out of nowhere that you're like, hey, you know what? I've never thought of this before. You know, I think it, it was more maybe going deeper on some questions I've thought about, but seeing freshly how God and how the Bible addresses some questions like maybe the probably the most painful question, the most visceral is the third question. Why is there pain and suffering in the world? It would be the most searched for. A friend recently told me, I'm not, haven't verified it, that that question or a version of that question is currently asked more than one billion times a month on the internet. Wow. And I think it's just maybe also with COVID and with the war in Ukraine and various climate disasters around the world, it's becoming ever more vivid 
And of course, it's quite personal when when you get the cancer diagnosis, when mm. something tragic happens to your children, and you're thinking, what in the world? How can there be a good, all-powerful God with all this tragedy? It's funny you say that one of my friends was just diagnosed with cancer, but it did the opposite for them. They had no belief. They had walked away from the church, but that cancer diagnosis is now slowly bringing them back. Yeah, and that that actually is my call at the end of the chapter is, hey, in the midst of your tragedy, run to God. He really does care. He's really there. And rather than running away from God, which some people do in tragedy, like your friend, it, you run to God. He really does care about you. He really is there. And he really is, can be your refuge and your strength. What about those who may listen to this and go, well, if I have all these questions, how am I a believer then? And they're still sitting there going like, like this can't, you know, if I've got all these questions, like this can't be real. This, this, is, right. this is not for me. What would you say to them? I, I want to encourage Christians that you can live in some doubt and some questions and be okay. And if you look in the scripture, John the Baptist, even after Christ came, sent a message saying, is he the one? Because Jesus really, that was after he baptized Jesus. Or you look at the disciples in Matthew 28, right before the Great Commission, Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to them for 40 days. And it says some worshiped and some doubted. And that's that's the original 11 guys. Or then you look at, at Peter doubting and denying Christ. I, I think these are encouragements to us that you can have questions, you can doubt, and still be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. One of the other questions that you cover in the book that caught my eye is, is Christianity too narrow? Can you unpack that question a little bit there for us? Boy, I think that uh, that along with that, uh, you know, why is there pain and suffering are some of the more uh, questions you feel the hardest, especially in our culture today where tolerance is held as almost, you know, extremely high value, high, high virtue to be tolerant. And to say that your way is the only way, the only right way is viewed as intolerant and arrogant and offensive. And what's remarkable is that Christianity, uh, what, what people don't like is to claim that your view is exclusive, like my view is the only right way. And ironically, the Christian gospel is inclusive. It is saying that the gospel is for everyone. And even at the very first time the gospel was shared full out after Christ rose from the dead was at the event called Pentecost. And people from all kinds of cultures and religions and backgrounds trusted in Christ and found that he was the way. So the offer of Christianity, what's called the gospel or the good news, is actually for everyone. I was just thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with questions. And then it kind of made me giggle because I'm thinking about the New Testament. And every time people come at Jesus with questions, he very rarely actually answers them. Instead, he asks more questions and he challenges people to think. So you're exactly right. Jesus asked over 200 questions in the New Testament and asked far more questions than he gives answers. And I think that's instructive to us that sometimes we feel like as Christians, we have to give all the answers And sometimes it's better to ask a good question than to give a good answer. I like that. Yeah. I'm writing that down, actually. Sometimes better. (laughs) I get answers for everybody, but it doesn't always help me either. So, (laughs) For those who are looking to get more in-depth to ask these questions, to learn more, how can they go about finding your book and finding out more about you? 
Yeah, you can find the book on Amazon. You can find out more about me at brucebmiller.com. That's the website. Tell you more about it. And you can find the book on Amazon or other retailers where books are sold. Thank you so much for making time for us today. We really appreciate it. You're most welcome. What a, what a, uh, a joy. Thank you for the honor of being on your show with you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.